It's 98.9 WCLZ, a Studio Z edition of Live from the Archives, proudly supported by Bull Moose. You're joining the studio today with uh, not only Dave Gutter, but also Deidre Nice from St. Lawrence Art Center. Thank you both for coming in today. Yeah. You're welcome. We're really excited about next week. Next Thursday, Dave will be doing the solo show at St. Lawrence Art Center. It's the second time that you've done the solo show, correct? At St. Lawrence Art Center. Yes, it is. And so, just like last year, again this year, uh, looking to raise money for St. Lawrence Art Center in a, in a project that you guys have been working on, right, yeah, Deidre? Yeah, to, to uh, help. Uh, last year, we didn't have the wheelchair lift in, actually, when Dave played. We were uh, still working on raising the money. And this year, we actually have installed it. We installed it over the summertime. Uh, but we still are uh, short the money to pay for it. So Dave has graciously agreed to do another benefit concert for making uh, our wheelchair lift uh, to retire that $6,500 debt. <laughs> the entire thing cost forty-five grand. so... Wow, it's been yeah. a journey. So we'll see, we'll see you next year too. <laughs> yes, yeah. I would. I would be wonderful to actually make this an annual uh, benefit concert. It, it, Dave's show was so well received. It was such an incredible night, and I think you played for three hours straight. I did. No intermission, and just uh, it was an amazing show. And yeah. Dave, you're obviously a very unique artist. I want to talk to you about a bunch of the projects. Not even project. I mean, they're all full fledged bands, but. Uh, St. Lawrence Art Center is one of the really unique venues in Portland. What makes it such a unique place, do you think, Tidra? Well, I think one of the things is that um, it it's a little corny, but it has really good karma. <laughs> it's a wonderful place for artists to present what they're doing. It, the sound in the building is um, incredible. The so- sound and sight lines for both the audience and uh, the artists that perform are really quite phenomenal. And um, the other thing is, is that it's an intimate uh, venue. It's about 110 seats, and so it's really a room that an artist like Dave can, uh, s- you know, kind of feel the audience, and it's a listening room, so nobody's talking and chattering about, you know, and uh, it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful room in general. It's made. It's the interior is wood and and stained glass windows, and it's just a- absolutely gorgeous. It's in a former church, and just quickly, I'll just say that uh, that it, Dave is um, the. Part of the building that Dave plays in is the Parish Hall Theater. We are fixing the other half of the building that we had to tear down. That'll be a 400-seat auditorium, and that'll also be a great space for Dave and his all of his various ventures that he plays with, all the other bands. I just wanted to point out that uh, the love is going around everywhere here because I'm playing Deirdre's guitar uh, that she she brought for me because <laughs> my guitar broke in half. <laughs> <laughs> We're with Dave Gutter and Deidre Nice. Deidre from St. Lawrence Art Center. Dave Gutter, of course, from... Rustic Overtones, Armies, uh, Paranoid, everything that he has done uh, over the course of his career and uh, getting ready for a solo show next Thursday. Uh, again, the benefit for St. Lawrence Art Center and the wheelchair lift. I, and Dave, I want to ask you about, I, I think the, pro, the band that is on everyone's mind still for you is Armies, uh, and it's been such an exciting couple of years. I, I, we had you and Anna in pretty soon after I think you guys had got this going. Can you give us an update about what it has been like, this journey over the last couple of years? Uh, it's been great. Uh, the The Armies project started off as a thing that I did uh, with another singer on the West Coast, and um, I started it. I was hired by Viacom to make songs for duets right after the uh, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros came out, and that song was like a huge, a huge smash. Like we need duets, we need duets. So <laughs> I went out and started and started the project there. And then uh, after I'd recorded, it was kind of like, well, no, this is mine. I like this. I'm going to yeah. go back to, to Portland and flesh this out with uh, Anna Lombard. And um, good thing she's not here right now because you can't say a word like flesh around Anna Lombard <laughs> without 
uh, the FCC like rolling up in here in two seconds. Um, but um, but anyway, we we it's even evolved more since the first record. Uh, that one was a lot of I, I had a lot of help from musicians, but a bulk of it I did myself. Um, this record, we've been a band since we started playing out to support the last record. Uh, John Rudes, that's in every band I've ever made, is in Armies. Um, Ryan Curlis uh, from Chris Ross in the North is uh, playing drums. And uh, Michael Coharian, uh, DJ Ellsworth, uh, is his, he's been along for the whole ride. But um, we, we wrote like, I think it was like 36 songs for the new Armies record. And we just uh, pared that down to 12 or 13 uh, that should be, will be released on vinyl in the summer, which I'm really excited about. This is my first, besides for a few rustic uh, B-sides, um, like 45s, I've never had a full release on vinyl. And so I took matters into my own hands, and I'm like, I'm putting this out on vinyl. So um, that's, that's where Armies is at. Other new stuff. Well, the Aaron Neville record came out this year that I, I wrote. You beat me to it. Yeah. That was next to my list to ask you about. How did that all come about? And explain to people um, what you were doing. All right. I, I work with uh, Eric Krasno uh, from Lettuce and Soul Live and the Eric Krasno band. And um, we got an audition to write songs for Aaron Neville. And we wanted maybe four songs that we had written the day before for the audition. I just went down to Brooklyn. We wrote four songs in a day and brought them some of them were a little skeletal other ones were all fleshed out and Aaron Aaron liked the stuff but I mean I had to go into a studio with a piece of paper and stand in front of Aaron Neville and be like here's the song and sing it nothing else just you just nothing makes you a better singer than having to <laughs> sing for Aaron Neville <laughs> so um and sing a song that's written for him without doing an Aaron Neville impression. Right. <laughs> which is ultimately, you know, very important. Do you have one? No, I will not. I actually have an Aaron Neville talking impression because, uh, you know, we've had a lot of conversations. But um, what what happened with that is I got the audition, and then Aaron and I sat down, and part of the niche that I have as a songwriter is that I get to know the people. So instead of writing a song, it's like, I love you, baby, I always will forever and ever, hey, hey. Uh, I go and I write a song that's about their life. It's about, uh, you know, things that they've been through. So they feel like they have, you know, a part of the song. The song is there. It's, it's their life that they're talking about. Um, that's always been important with me. Uh, you know, I have blisters on my vocal cords that uh, I shouldn't be able to sing, but I really believe in what I say. And um, it, I watched, like, gospel. I used to watch gospel videos and I'd be like, this guy's voice is completely shot. But, you know, he, he believes in Jesus, and he is giving all he has. So I've always tried to write things that were close to me, and I, and I do the same thing for other artists. It's important to me that it's close to them. So Aaron started talking to me, and he was like, um, I have, you know, poems that I've written. I've been writing poems my whole life. He'd never written any of his own music, but he had written all these poems. So... I have this giant stack of 300 poems, stuff that he had written. Some of it was letters that he wrote to his aunt when uh, his cousin died, um, somewhere when he spent time in prison for stealing cars, somewhere love letters to his wife, um, somewhere just spiritual, somewhere um, about growing up in New Orleans. So him and I went through all these poems, and I would be like, well, I think this would be a really cool 
you know, gospel tune. So let's take these poems and kind of mix them together. And then, you know, I, I was obviously the lyric writer for it. So, um, you know, it was very much a collaboration between Aaron and I. Um, but a lot of the concepts that he was hitting on in these poems, you know, are very close to, to him and they're from him. So it ended up being a, a record that was very human. Um, and, and Aaron, n no disrespect to any of his producers or songwriters over the years or anything, but he's one of these guys that is the one of the last living legends in soul music. And he had never really expressed himself as far as his very interesting life that he had been through. Just, I mean, growing up in New Orleans alone is pretty amazing. Uh, that music scene uh, has a huge uh, effect on, on people. Um, so I wanted to write a record for Aaron that was, uh, you know, personal to him. And I think we did it. And the record's called Apache. It's on Cobalt. And um, you can get it online or in, in stores. And I'm very proud of it. And also uh, the song Hard to Believe from that is going to be in a new movie called Proud Mary that comes out January 12th in theaters. So I'm pretty psyched to go to the movie theater to, to watch. And we get a whole minute. That's a long time in the soundtrack world. Wow. Um, and it's like a heroin deal gone bad in like the inner city. Uh, and uh, it's really it's really pretty cool. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but you never know if these, if these things are totally confirmed until the actual movie comes yeah. out. Yeah. So I could go to the movie theater and be <laughs> like, oh, the credits are rolling and then I, it wasn't there. But I, you know, I filled out all the paperwork and everything so with uh, Sony. So I think we're, we're good on that one. But um, my daughter also helped out writing on that record. So uh, at eight years old, she was published wow. with BMI as a, as a lyricist. And uh, she gets royalties off that record. We're, we're talking with Dave Gutter. Uh, tell, us, wait, tell us that story. Wait, what do you mean? Well, we were writing a song. It was actually one of the, the gospel songs. And it's a song called Heaven, uh, which seems like a really derivative title for a gospel song. But uh, it's a ballad. And we had been working on it for a while. And Connie was at the studio with us. And there's like a room upstairs where, uh, you know, we slept. And there was a TV. And she was up there like watching Bob's Burgers. And <laughs> she comes down and she's like, I thought you were almost done. I was like, yeah, I just can't get this part. And she's like wrapped in a blanket. And she's eight. You know, she's like, well, why is it so hard? What are you trying to come up with? And we had this part, it was like a gospel choir arrangement, and it just goes, heaven, heaven. And I'm like, ah, oh, we don't know what to say from there. And she's just like rubbing her eyes like, why don't you just say, uh, I hope I meet you there, and then went back up to bed. <laughs> and we we're all just like, wow, like the engineer, there's actually a demo of the, of, uh, the song where the engineer had the talk back on by mistake and you could hear the people in the control room talking about what an amazing lyric it was and how it was great that she came up with it. So there's a demo that I have at home that I play for her with like a room full of people singing her praises and Aaron Neville singing her song. So can you get us that? Can we play that on air? Yeah, you can play that. You can play it right now. It's on Apache. Yeah. Let's do that. It's a beautiful song. Let's do that. We're talking with uh, we've been talking with Dave Gutter. He's getting ready for a solo acoustic show next week at St. Lawrence Arts Center. Been talking about the uh, benefit or raising the rest of the money for the wheelchair lift that is now in, and uh, make sure to get there next week. Are you going to do three hours again? I don't know. Maybe I'll do four. Oh, know. there we go. I'm sure we'll get more stories from you next week too, and more of uh, great songs that are from your catalog. As you play this next song, I'm going to track down the Aaron Neville track, and we're going to play that because that's a killer story that we have to that we got to we got to cap that off. 
yeah, yeah. afterwards. Yeah. So, uh, Dave, thank you for doing this with us. Deidre from St. Lawrence Art Center, thank you for stopping by as well. Thanks for having us. Can we get one more song before you head out? Yeah, I just got to tune up here real quick. Yeah. While he tunes up, can uh, to buy tickets to the show, you go to stlawrencearts.org. And they can buy tickets online. I believe that they're uh, 18 in advance and 20 at the door or something like that. But stlawrencearts.org. And it also has uh, St. Lawrence Arts uh, a history and what we're all about. And it's in a former uh, church. So uh, come. I hope you all come out next Thursday. I'll do, I'll do a paranoid song. And I'll have to edit this one because... Um, if you if you go online, this song will feature the illustrious F word, but we don't need that here on radio, because the only thing F stands for here is F to the double C. Uh, <coughs> so <laughs> this song's called "Rhythm Is Love." <laughs> <laughs>